Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Greater Greener Georgia. Hey, welcome back. Thanks for joining us. Um, I just want to start, Alexis, mm-hmm. are you glad you're out of college now uh, during this bare-faced dilemma facing <laughs> Georgia public schools? I am so glad to not be in college anymore for many reasons. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I am a recent graduate, and yeah, I'm really glad that I am not having to deal with all this the COVID uptick back on campus again. Yeah, I read um, a UGA freshman, and I quote, I don't like wearing masks every day to school. It feels weird. <laughs> so Yeah, I mean, I don't know if what I would rather, wearing a mask every day or being on Zoom every day, but I mean, you know, we still have to deal with COVID out here in the real world, but I'm just glad I don't have to do that in a college setting anymore. Exactly, and Actually, a lot of uh, Georgia University workers are planning a protest over the COVID-19 safety policies. Wow. Um, so we'll keep you updated on that. It's hopefully things will change, but, you know, probably not. Yeah, we'll see. We can. I'm hoping for their success. They deserve safety just as much as students and the rest of us all do. Exactly. Um, in other news, there's also been some big news on the Stop Cop City front, which we've been talking a little bit about here. Uh, on Monday, the Atlanta City Council voted to table the bill that would have allowed for the construction of a police training facility in the historic old Atlanta prison farm. So the bill is still set to be brought back to a vote in September. So expect to keep hearing more from us and from activists and organizers on the ground for the Stop Cop City campaign in the coming weeks. And if you've been an active part of that, don't stop now. Keep calling your representatives and speaking your mind because they're listening and it's working. And we talked to Jezza from Sunrise Movement Mm -hmm. Atlanta and... um, They've been doing great work, and you can hear that episode, I think it was episode three, Mm -hmm. where we talked to her, and you can hear some more about Stop Cop City if you want to, you know, get some background on that. But that's great news that it's tabled, at least for now. Hopefully, it'll be fully stopped. Yeah, would love to see that. We'll see what happens in a few weeks, I guess. Um, Do you want to go into your story for this week? Yeah, so... We got a fun one this week. In case you missed it, a ton of census data was released last week, and it may just be numbers, but it's actually really interesting. Uh, Georgia saw some huge changes, and so let's get into it a little bit. The big picture is that in Georgia, the white population has decreased, and the black, Hispanic, and Asian populations have all increased significantly in the last decade. And more specifically, the black population increased by 13%, the Hispanic population by 32%, and the Asian population by 53%, which is absolutely huge for Georgia. Um, It's really cool to see those changes. And hearing that the majority is now the minority is kind of interesting. Exactly. Yeah. And so like Miles was saying, non-Hispanic white people reportedly now make up 50.1% of Georgia's population. But some experts are starting to suggest that Georgia likely is already a majority minority state. And it's very likely that with a bit more accurate of a count, it would find that white people actually make up less than half of the state of Georgia. So I guess we'll find out for sure in another 10 years and see if that trend continues. And I know there was a lot of issues with the census and COVID, and they didn't want to yeah. go counting, so it's been delayed, and I'm sure they missed out on some people because yeah. of COVID and Definitely. a lot of You know, I actually think I was not counted in the census this year, which maybe was my fault, but I know I was not counted by my school because I was not living in a dorm, and my parents did not include me in their account, and I never went and did it myself. And You're off the radar. I think I'm off the radar for the next 10 years, which is my mistake. <laughs> Um, Aside from race and ethnicity, Georgia also saw huge changes in just the sheer amount of people living around the state. 
So metro Atlanta counties like Cobb, DeKalb, Forsyth, Fulton, and Gwinnett all had very significant increases in population. Uh, and also counties around Savannah also saw pretty substantial increases. And on the other hand, 67 of Georgia's more rural counties lost significant amounts of their populations. So overall, Georgia's population increased by about a million people in the last decade. But it's pretty clear that people are choosing to move to more metro and urban areas rather than to rural places in Georgia. So even though Georgia's population increased so substantially, we will actually not be adding any seats to our delegation in the House of Representatives, like some other states are getting to do. But there are going to be some pretty big changes within our state legislature, which leads me into the fun topic of redistricting and gerrymandering. And that is the next big thing to start paying attention to with this huge dump of data that we just got from the census. Uh, redistricting is when the current state legislature redraws our state house and state senate districts to better match the population now that we have all this updated data. However, Republicans currently have a very significant majority in Georgia's state legislature, which means that they're going to get to draw the maps. And they've historically shown that they are not super interested in drawing maps that are very representative of the actual population data, and they'd rather gerrymander districts together that will enable them to stay in power for as long as possible. And I want to clarify and be super clear about this. This is not an opinion. This is a fact that we see in almost every state around the country. When Republicans are in control of the maps, they make the shapes of their districts super weird to give themselves an advantage in future elections. Uh, there's literally even a font, like typed out letters that you can write sentences with, that somebody made out of the shapes of gerrymandered districts around the country. That is how weird and contorted a lot of these districts are. So how does all this relate to our work at GCV? We are passionate advocates for political representation, and we're holding our breath to see if the Georgia State Legislature draws new maps that accurately represent changes in our population. Actually, scratch that. We're not holding our breath. We're speaking up loudly and encouraging you all to speak up loudly to hold our state representatives accountable and give us the fair representation we deserve in the next decade. And if you want to become a part of that fight with us, you can go to our website, gcvoters.org, go over to the Actions for You page and scroll down to our redistricting action. Add your name and spread the word because if we make enough noise, we can really make a difference in this process together. Wow. Yeah. Kind of interesting. It's very interesting. And, mm -hmm. you know, that stuff about gerrymandering is a whole other topic that we could get into. Mm -hmm. But that was very well done. Yeah, it was a lot of information <laughs> yeah, that needed to be said. At, at heart, I really am a big numbers and data person. I don't get to get into that enough. But yeah. it was cool to read through all this data. Big voting, you know, rights act. You know, yes, I'm very too, into so. elections and voting rights. And it's crazy how something like the census can literally impact the outcomes of elections for the next decade. So yeah, don't be like me. Fill out your census. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, Miles, do you want to jump into your big topic of the week? Yeah, so shifting a little bit to more environmental focus, I want to talk about coal ash. And this has been a big issue the past year, really, for a, mm -hmm. for a while in Georgia. There's a lot of coal energy plants here in Georgia. And so let's just start off by saying what coal ash is. Coal ash is the toxic waste left behind after decades of burning coal to generate electricity at power plants. So basically, they burn the coal, that generates the power. But what happens with the coal ash that's produced from burning the coal? Well, states have been trying to figure that out recently, um, what should be done with all that ash. 
Here in Georgia, the State Environmental Protection Division has issued the first proposed permit allowing Georgia Power to press forward with plans to leave more than 1 million tons of coal ash in an unlined pit at Floyd County's Plant Hammond. Georgia Power plans to evacuate and move 19 ash ponds and cap in place 10 others in unlined pits that have been drained of water. So basically they have all these pits around the the facility that are not lined. They don't have any type of environmental protection. They're just basically piles of coal ash. So they're planning on fully moving 19 of those ponds, which is, you know, taking all the coal out and moving them. And they're also, and then they're planning on capping 10 others, like just putting a top over them and leaving them there. But if it's unlined, doesn't that mean it's still kind of just going to float around in the air and the water? That yeah. doesn't sound very safe to me. You're, you're, you're right on the money there. <laughs> the issue about the unlined pits that are set to stay in place um, is the ash in these pits are still going to be seeping into the groundwater around the area, which then moves into drinking and tap water of the neighborhood communities. And I found a good example of this. I was reading the Georgia Recorder for some info on this story, um, where a woman has been lugging five-gallon jugs of clean water for the past year for her home every week so she can cook meals, brew her coffee, and her grandkids can brush their teeth. We have a history in this country about not really caring about where the waste of our plants and industrial facilities is put, but now people are really speaking out and making their voices heard. So there is a lot of talk about what to do with these coal ash. They're actually creating new systems for fresh water in the areas and hopefully like it said in the Georgia Recorder, this woman ho- is hoping in the next year to plug into these new clean water pipes and be able to have, you know, running water in her house. Yeah, <laughs> you would think that if the EPD is literally approving a proposal to leave these unlined pits in place, that it would come with a proposal to also bring in clean water into these areas because otherwise they're just allowing people to be poisoned with no solution. Yeah, so they are building an infrastructure, but it seems like, you know, the immediate issue is what to do with this coal ash. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've said it a million times, everyone has said it, but, you know, the fact in this country that we can spend so much time and money on military, police, and investment in industry, and we still don't think about small things, you know, that everyone in this country doesn't have access to clean water. Obviously, we have, you know, Flint, Michigan, which still Mm -hmm. is doesn't have clean water. Um, and you know, that's from a different issue of the, the, the pipes, but, um, you know, similar, similar situation. Right. Um, But it's not even just Flint or just coal ash in Georgia. It's like all over the place, all over the country. There's people who just don't have access to clean water. Luckily, small things are being done. Just last week, Georgia Power announced a research project to find uses of ways to recycle this coal ash. And an example of this is at Georgia Power's plant Mitchell, an ash beneficial use project is removing approximately 2 million tons of stored coal ash from an existing ash pond at the retired coal plant for use in Portland cement manufacturing. So coal ash is an ingredient in cement. So they're just using all this coal ash and putting it in cement, which I think that's is cool. It, yeah, it's a great idea. That seems actually. like a good. I mean, I don't know a ton about the production of cement, but that seems like a great way to recycle all this like waste. Exactly, and then it's you know it's not waste anymore. It's mm-hmm. it's it's a byproduct that can be used. This project at Plant Mitchell marks the first time that stored ash from existing ash ponds at sites in Georgia is being evacuated for beneficial use as part of an ash pond closure project. 
So let's hope this all works out and we really need to find a better solution for the issues of the coal ash seeping into groundwater. So we're just going to keep an eye on this and hopefully the recycling works and we can get rid of these coal ash ponds. Mm -hmm. Um, We don't even... The plants aren't even open, so it's now it's just <laughs> years of ash seeping into the land. So yeah. yeah, something definitely needs to be done and hopefully soon. Yeah. And it sounds like this this agreement with the EPD is like a step in the right direction because mm-hmm. you know, there is all this ash. We need to do something that's better than just moving it to somewhere else that it right. can seep in the water, like actually using it for a productive purpose would be ideal. Yeah, definitely. And so one last thing before we sign off on this week's episode. Did you know you can already request your absentee ballot for the upcoming municipal elections happening in November? I know it seems super early, but your ballot is not going to arrive actually until much closer to the election itself. But the earlier you request your ballot, the more time your elections office has time to process the request, meaning there's more of a guarantee you'll actually receive your ballot on time because as we all know, Georgia has had a bit of an issue with that in the past. So in the next few weeks and months, we're all going to start hearing a lot more about the candidates running for mayor and city council positions all over Georgia. So make sure to keep an eye on that. And you can go to gcvoters.org vote for all the most up-to-date on information on how to register to vote and request your absentee ballot. And with that, please follow us on Instagram, <laughs> right? At yeah, gcvoters. That's us. And check out our previous podcasts on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Mm-hmm. And thanks so much for tuning in. We'll see you next week. 